Hey there, everybody. If you're tuning in, you're listening to Brandy J. Singleton, The World We Live In, a.k.a. A Voice To Be Reckoned With. Very excited to have you guys here as usual. It's always a pleasure. I hope you all are doing well. I have in store something for all of us today that I really think, shoot, I know that we should uh, give a close ear to. I'm not going to, you know, keep going on about this, but uh, he's an author by the name of Richard Romine, um, and I'm just very, uh, very excited to, like, share, you know, him <laughs> with all of you because I think you, um, you might want to hear this. So, guys, let's show Richard Romine, or better yet, Rich, <laughs> how we do it here, guys. Let's go. The world we live in, voice to be reckoned with. Good evening. My name is Rich Romine. Uh, I'm a writer. I write under the name of R.C. Romine and have uh, three books on, um, on Amazon now. Um, the Foundation's Codex, The Foundation's Chronicles, and The Valley of the Short-Faced Bear. I'm a writer of science fiction and of political ideals that are somewhat unusual in our society and that I believe that human beings have value, that we need a human-centric society as opposed to a money-centric society. And that we, and in reaching our own potential as human beings, we can build a society that far exceeds anything we can even dream of now. But the idea is that all of us reach our potential, and in that our society reaches its potential. Okay, um, Rich, I wanted to ask you, you used, there's a, a really a word, the way you worded something that I've always, you know, believed and find that I'm facing when looking for empathy to uh, a situation. And you use situational empathy. That's correct, right? Yes, that is correct. And it's when... Go ahead, yes, please. It's when you have a, a, a situation that you share with others. That uh, let's say um, your son gets sick, and in going through the process of trying to get him go um, through the medical process and trying to get him healed, uh, you meet other people who are in the same situation. So you become empathetic to them because they're sharing the same thing you are. And our society today does exactly the opposite. It tries to split us apart. So empathy is um, difficult because it's hard to find someone you actually talk to, that you actually know that is in the same situation that you are. The media makes it difficult because most of us go home and we watch television. We watch the news. We watch whatever. 
and or just shows and it's amazing the power of a television show you know i remember in the beginning of the social process of conservative more conservative views the movie dirty harry was just this driving force because everybody saw it everybody hated the liberal judges everybody hated this and that but it had tremendous power for those very reasons and it's the same thing with all media. It uh, you are shaped by the media you see. So unless you run into a group that is empathetic to what you're thinking and what you're saying, um, there is there's very few. Unless you have a close friend, perhaps, or a family, but there are very few situations where empathy can actually be uh, part of the process of things. Hmm. So do you find it very rare that one could, because uh, see, from my eyes, I can uh, see something on the media or some, hear of someone else that I have no connection to, and I don't have that situational empathy, but I very much feel empathy towards that situation. You know, I don't have to have had the situation, and I still feel strongly, a strong, you know, empathetic force there for, for others. Understood. And that's you and I. Yeah. And so that, is not, that is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying we're, at, we're abnormal, but the, the bottom line is um, when, you're, when your week is filled with uh, let's go out in the boat or let's uh, do this or that or go out to a show, empathy is, is, is you're so busy. You're not empathetic because you're not related to the person who comes to your door starving to death or a situation on on the television where someone um, becomes involved in something that's really bad and you know you feel sorry for them but 10 seconds later on to something else so everything is so fast it's hard to be empathetic when we were all living in small towns and everybody knew each other it was a heck of a lot easier. You know, you help your neighbors. I know my neighbors. And if they have a problem, they know they can come to me. And I know I can go to them. But I think in the United States of America in 2020, it's probably unusual. Wow. I mean, do you know your neighbors? I think you might. Yeah. But most people will say the same thing. They don't know their neighbors. They're just, go, they're just ships passing in the night. So how do you how can you be empathetic unless you have a a need that is for say security? People are looking out for other people's houses when they're gone and doing things to uh, help them out. A guy helped me on my roof uh, uh, just a couple of weeks ago because my ankle was uh, had uh, Achilles uh, surgery. I can't get on the roof, but you know those are things that rarely happen anymore. Yeah. Because you don't know your neighbors, you yeah. don't know these other people. They're not really real, and if it, even if it's on television, there's something new happening 10 seconds later. Yeah, yeah. So empathy is tough, but it, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, the media makes it difficult to be empathetic because there's so much happening. Your senses are always filled, and you're filled with nothing. I mean, really, we think about what the media does, and I'm not picking on any particular kind of media here I'm just saying when you watch television uh, your mind goes blank 
you're watching what they show you. You're, the commercials come on, and you don't even think about them. But they are, you know, you think of them deeply, but you don't really think about the commercials. You see the show, and then you go on. Can you remember what the show was all about when it's done? And I would say a lot of people can't. Oh wow, I can. <laughs> well, I, I can too, for the most part. If I'm interested in the show, I can definitely remember it. But a lot of people, it's just a matter of, of all the great things we are as human beings being replaced by fluff and noise and fury and all these things that we really aren't as human beings. You know, I, I make a distinction between human beings and intelligent animals, okay? We, as in our society now, are really intelligent animals. I mean, when you think about it, all the emotion-driven, the anger, the frustration, you know, me, 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 that's the intelligent animal. That's, that's part of us. Now, it's part of us. No matter what, it's always part of us. But there's also a human being there. Human beings take work. Human beings need a structure to grow upon. Whereas intelligent animals love chaos and, you know, and so forth. And chaos and hatred really works for them. But a human being is very different. But if we don't evolve from an intelligent animal to a human being, then our days are definitely numbered. Mm. And so is our society. Because it's not the technology that will make us better. It's us using technology better. Yeah. I mean, you know, technology gives us a bigger bomb. It kills more people. It's more effective. That's what technology does. But the human being says, well, there comes a point where I don't want to use this weapon because it will destroy everything. Whereas intelligent animal says, oh, heck yes. <laughs> Blow it up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so right. it really, it all really depends on who we are. You know, the three questions I always ask are, who are we, what do we want, and where do we want to go? And the who are we is always the most difficult one. Because we don't have a clue who we really are. Everything affects us who we are. Our parents, you know, growing up, our friends, uh, television, uh, radio, um, social life, uh, social media, everything affects who we are. So we come, we come to even my age at 70 years old, uh, you know, it, it took me till I was 58 to really understood who I was. Because everybody wanted something from me. My bosses wanted me to be this. Okay, my family needed this me to be this. Uh, we needed we needed uh, all these things. People around us. I, I wanted people to like me, so I tried to be what they wanted me to be. But the bottom line has always been: it's there, you're there. It's not what other people want. It's who you are. Right. We're we're always trying to put a round hole. I mean, a square peg in a round hole, as people. That's how society works. If they they need um, a, a car mechanic, they don't need a philosopher, or whatever it is. You know, we've tried to fill the holes of what's there. Yeah. 
that's what we do. I think everything needs to be exactly the opposite. What's there needs to be filled by what we are. Right. And I think we can do that. Now, there's a, a, a logical way of looking at things that we seem to have lost. That if we lose our integrity, basically you may call it your soul, but if we lose who we are, then what have we got? We've got a shell with nothing inside of it. Exactly. And that's right now, that's what society seems to want. And I know it wants that because that is easily directed, told what to do, whatever. I was told once by a boss that I was dangerous because an honest person is like a ticking time bomb, is what he told me. That I was a ticking time bomb in his department because if asked, I would tell the truth and not tell what he wanted me to say. And he knew that I would do exactly that. And therefore, I would never get promoted in his department. And a lot of people run into to such. You have to be, you have to lose yourself in order to be who they want you to be. Very true. We see that every day. Yeah, I totally know what that feels like to, to be, to know people to know if you're truly who you are, people see and they know that you'd be, you're an honest person. You know what I mean? And you wouldn't think that, you, you wouldn't think that uh, that would be something that one would, you you would really think that's what people want, you know, honesty, you know, that, you know, we could trust them, but it's like the, the complete opposite because we're like, that person might not go along, they're gonna do what's right because they're a good person, you know? That's but right. them, But it's like to them, it's like that good person is really the enemy, you're not a good person, you know, you're, you're, you're bad for them, you know? Yeah. And when you talk to the troll, you you have the trolls on Facebook or whatever, that's basically what they're saying. They're saying you're a loser because you wouldn't do the things, sell yourself out to be who they wanted to be, you to be. And so you're a loser. And they are a winner because they sold themselves out and that's who they are. Kind of twisted, right? It's like, and if you actually, enough of it gets to you, you start to believe it. And it's like, to me right now, that sounds like, like complete, you know, bullcrap. Like kind of really uh, ignorant and, un- and unintelligent. Like, what are you saying? Like, you're the one who goes to yourself. You're giving, you're selling yourself out. You're the weaker one. It seems like so. That's, you know. But if you actually mentally let that get to you, you start to believe it. Then you got, you feel kind of low, and like, like you're, like you're the problem. Absolutely right. You know, society really wants you to to be nothing. You know, they want you to, to, because how things work is the worse person you are, the better you are off, it seems. Sociopaths do best in business. And there's a reason for that. So the reason that I came up with the philosophy of foundationism is that in order to really make a society that works, because this society no longer works, to be very honest, you have to have one where rewards doing the right thing as opposed to doing the wrong thing and that's the whole idea behind it Uh, the 19 points of of the foundation's codex is just simply you can't be a real jerk normally I would say 
an asshole, but I won't say it on your show. <laughs> It's but that's the bottom line of it all, that you'll treat people with respect. Uh, I, I think I sent you a copy of it a, way, a while back. Yeah, I think, yeah, you did. Actually, you did. Yes, yeah. Well, that's, it's actually a corporate charter mm-hmm. saying that people are going to be treated uh, fairly, bottom line. People will be treated fairly, and you are expected to treat others fairly if you wish to join this. And the whole idea is using economics as a tool to get people to do the right thing. Because it certainly gets, it is a tool to get people to do the wrong thing. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, once, I once saw a television show from England called uh, Connections. And in it it said that economics was the most powerful force in humanity. And I think that's exactly right. They were, they were talking about uh, how things changed in England after there was enough food to feed everybody. And how the better diet changed the whole country. And I think it's very true. I, I think economics is the most powerful force. You, you can say religion, all these other things are doing the right thing. But I honestly believe in economics in one form or another, is the most powerful force. Yeah, I, I actually believe that. I get, that's, it seems that's the case, and that's why, as of like right now, it seems more about opening everything up and getting back to getting the economy going, the economy versus people and what they're going through and all these deaths and people having a moment to mourn and wrap their heads around this. But it's like, nope, economy. Let's get back to the economy. And people are all for no, it. No, I- yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. It's a trade-off of lives for econ for the economic push. Yeah, that's basically what it is. I mean, we're at a hundred thousand, and we can see five hundred thousand out of this in the next year. But it, it'll all be hidden. It'll all be, you know, you'll see numbers on television, but you won't know the people who died. And as long as they can get away with that, then it'll all happen. You know, it's all good for them. Yeah. But the bottom line is, once your grandfather dies, it's a different story. Then empathy comes in, because you know them. And they're taking that calculated risk with your grandfather, your cousin, your whatever, that not enough people will know enough of these people because they're old, they're Americans with black skin. They're um, workers in factories. And they're thinking that it really won't matter because of who is dying. And it really doesn't matter who is dying. It only matters to you and I that people are dying. But on the other hand, it does matter very much to them, to the people I call the cons that uh, who is dying. If it was uh, the Cokes who were dying, the brakes would have been on a long time ago. But it's a guy in a factory, it's a guy in, somebody in a nursing home, a man or woman in a factory, it's not just men. Or it's uh, someone who's African or American from African descent. I always try to say American first. And then whatever else after that, because we are all Americans. Yeah. 
Yep, that's very much true. And I like to be put because no matter what, uh, what descent, it's like, you know, you're an American and there's nothing wrong with that and you shouldn't be ashamed to be that. That's sweet. You're an American, you know, and everything else after that's right. it is, but American and we have rights and we're all not treated equally. <laughs> there you mm. go. We're not. We're not treated equally at all. And that's, I think, in some, in, you know, I've lived in the South all my life. And there were a lot of people here who treated their dogs better than people who had black skin. And that is the simple truth. And I think all this crap that we're going through now is very much a part of that. It never went away. It just changed a little bit. Yeah, like kind of like the same shit, different day type of stuff. Same shit, different decade or century. Or <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. It, just, it, it morphed a little bit because they had to fight the law. Yeah. So that's when things became about money, because when money was there, they could kill the program so it would help anybody. Uh, you know, I've got a copy of the 1980 Libertarian uh, Platform, and it is amazing how it is exactly what we're seeing happening right now. It's crazy. I mean, uh, if you if your listeners ever get a chance to read it. It is, it is, it is just frightening how close it is to what we're seeing with Donald Trump and the Coke Network, what they're doing right now. It's just crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry, I meant to stay in the philosophy part of it, but it kind of, politics is philosophy in action. Yeah. And that's the reason why it all becomes part of it, but it is, it's philosophy in action. And, um, yeah. but anyway. When you spoke of the uh, 1918, the, 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 what did you just, uh, what was the word you used again? The, uh, it was the 1980 Libertarian Platform. David Koch, one of the Koch brothers, was running for vice president. You know, I've got it right here next to me. Hang on a second. I think you might be interested, maybe your listeners too, and many, of people, many people have also know this, but I've, I just cut it down a bit. And uh, they want to repeal federal campaign finance laws, which they did with Citizens United. Uh, they want to uh, abolish Medicare and Medicaid, and they're going to push really hard on those things because they're going to say, well, we spent so much money on the coronavirus that we can't afford it. That's coming. We, uh, they opposed insurance or tax-supported plan to provide health services. So any kind of like Medicare, Medicaid, any of that, they're against. They favor deregulation of the medical insurance industry. And it has been, and look what's happened to our rates and the cost of, of medical care because of it. They want to repeal the Social Security system. But they're they're constantly pushing to do that because it is the largest unsecured fund of money in the world. So with that fund of money, if they dump it into their stock market, then they're off to the races again. And I'm sure they're gonna do they're gonna do their very best to do that. Here's one that might seem interesting right now. Abolition of the governmental postal service, which they're attacking right now, and uh, personal and corporate income tax. Well, 
they've reduced their taxes again and again and again. And they they want to uh, end all taxation. And they want to end all tax litigation. And that's why they're always going after the lawyers. And they support... Um, oh, they are, they're against minimum wage laws and the separation of education and state, which means the local government's schools that we all went to. So they want to make sure we don't go to school at all. Compulsory education, they don't, they're against it, which means we have to go to school. Wow. Repeal of all taxes on income or property. So there is no federal or any kind of government at all. So we just have basically anarchy. Uh, the Environmental Protection Agency, which they've gutted through Trump, um, get rid of the Department of Energy, uh, Department of Transportation, uh, get rid of um, uh, get rid of OSHA, uh, the Federal Aviation Associ- uh, Administration. They want to get rid of that. I sure wouldn't want to fly on an airliner, depending on not having them there. Yeah. I don't know about you. I. Uh, ab- Abolition of the Food and Drug Administration. Oh, dear. They were all government welfare, relief, helping any way to anybody. Um, These are things that are needed and that keep, you know, you said very important things like OSHA, you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I don't understand. And then when you said the, the education, it really struck something for me because I, I was starting to feel that way. <laughs> yeah, you know? look, what, look what's happening now. And you can see, you know, the, the it's it's crazy how you get um, the people I call the cons. I call them conservative ideologues, conservative authoritarian ideologues. Excuse me, because that's who they are. That's who they really are. And they'll say, well, I've heard this not recently, but just a short time ago, that the socialist billionaires were doing all these bad things. There are no socialist billionaires, please. And that they were trying to distinguish between the Kochs and their network, who actually run the government under under Trump. There were 16 department heads with Trump with uh, excuse me with Koch network ties right now. 16. And if you wonder why things are going the direction we see them going. Just look at the 1980 platform of what they were trying to do. And you can see on everything there, they either gutted the programs, gutted the agencies, or they're in the process of doing it. And this so, take us where to, you know what I mean? Like, well, where is this to take? We know what they benefit from it, but the rest of us, this is basically. I guess it's like they don't care. We're, we're pretty much nobody, and it wouldn't even matter if we were here or not here. It seems, it seems like you ever, they just don't want us to, like you want people to suffer. Well, they want to make sure that uh, we have no power. That's for sure. But have you ever seen the movie Elysium? No, I think I heard of it, but I'm pretty, no, I haven't seen it. Okay, well, they in it, uh, it was basically a science fiction novel of the future where the Earth was kind of ruined and that all the rich people lived in a giant space station above the Earth. And even though the space station thing is a bit far-fetched at this moment anyway, the, uh, 
the idea of separation is not. Yeah. You know, the, from if you remember in the 70s, rich people lived in the same nice, nice neighborhoods, but all, you know, most people lived right around them. Now they live in mansions far away from everybody, right. and they and they take you know uh, an armored limousine to their glass tower, and then they come back. They never see how we live. They don't care how we live. All they care is that they get what they want, and we just you know we we're just there. We're kind of window dressing on their perfect world. Just don't make, just don't break any glass, and we're all happy. <laughs> yeah, I was having a, a talk with someone the other day, you know, because these things just like pop in my head sometimes. And I said, have you ever thought about like how you're talking about neighborhoods and the rich and all that stuff? And um, you know, and say for instance, one that neighborhoods that like there's like cities and states that really people live in like really crappy neighborhoods, you know, where it looks they don't even look like houses. They look pretty, you know, just like crap you know and you and but then you notice around it it's like you see all the uh i don't know it's kind of like a setup to to make you fit to like to kind of like bring you down to a level like what you live around is who you are and and you see yeah. the the drug dealers on the street i mean those like th- there's people that really live in those type of conditions where the the neighborhood itself and the house and the houses it looks very poor and it's falling apart and then you look at the people and they look like you know what I mean they match the neighborhood and to me I find that to be another uh kind of a systematic thing to where because you know like what to me I I see it as why can't you go in why should those people have to live like that why can't they still live better you know what I mean even they, say for instance even if they're a little poor you know what I mean they, they're not they don't have much finances they have what they have why does the right, where right. their surroundings have to make them it kind of keep make you keep you down kind of you know what I mean like mentally makes them fe- and then people see them that way also too if you live that way like why can't their homes look nicer build make them better everybody else's is better make theirs better if they have to live there you, you know what I mean you know what I mean and then it oh, sure. it, it it builds like a stereotype like they must be worthless they're this and they're that. You know what I mean? To be honest, it's not really their job to, you know, to build and fix up those houses, you know, but then it kind of like fits the, it gives them a, a, you know, kind of like a people stereotype. And then I think also for a person that that's their surroundings. And then you see these people say, I want to get out of here. I want to go to a better place. It kind of like makes them feel as if they are nobody or that's all they have to, to succumb to or to be, if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes a lot of sense, and it, it does happen. You know, you have to understand that it doesn't matter what kind of authoritarian group that you're dealing with. They're basically all the same, whether it's a street gang in Los Angeles or whether it's the cons here or a group like the uh, um, the Truth, the Oath Keepers, I'm sorry, the Oath Keepers. They're the same people. They may have different color skin. They may come from different places. They may drive different cars or whatever, but they're basically the same people. They are going to impose their will on you. That's exactly what they're trying to do. In that kind of neighborhood, if you fix your house up too much, you could get a call from people who don't like what you're doing, and you might get threatened. And if you if you uh, live out certain places where you have groups that just don't, 
you know, you might seem too liberal for them. You make too nice, your house is really, really kind of clean and so forth, and it looks better, you might get the same thing. They're exactly the same people. It's just that they're, they look differently. And you think differently. They may be organized differently. But they are the same people. Yeah. You know, the, the, the thing is that we keep trying to break down society by skin color. But the truth is, it's attitude. It's who, you, it's who, who they are. The, the one thing that the people I call the cons know that we don't. They have the one huge advantage. They know who they are. They're assholes. Pardon my language. But generally, that's a good description of them. And two, they know where they want to go. They want to get everything you've got. And they know what where they want. They know what they want, and they want, like I said, everything you want, you have. And they know where they want to go. They want to, they want to take you as far as they can, and then dump you in a garbage someplace. So that's the thing that all of them have in common. It doesn't matter who they are. They're the same. Hmm. Wow. So it's about it's it's about people who really want to change things. And yeah. the only way to change things is to understand that philosophy is, or politics, is philosophy in action. If you start with the philosophy, that's how you win. You can't win, you can't take in the middle of something, oh, I want to change this, I want to fix this program. That simply won't work, because in the end, the other guy's philosophy will beat you because they know what they want to do. We, I don't know, as, as I used to be a Democrat, and the one thing I'll always say is, we never know what we wanted. And that's the reason I, I even though I'm still registered as a Democrat, and will vote within their primaries, uh, I don't consider myself one anymore. Because I like to think I know the three answers to the three questions, at least for myself. Yeah. And that is the most important thing, is answering the three questions. Because once we can do that as a group, and that's why I'm saying instead of another political party which will just get ground into the dust again, that we start a movement based in four simple ideas. Truth, ethics, logic, and honesty of intent. And then you can counter anything that the cons or the supremacists want to do by those four items. Okay, well, they all say, well, we want to write this law so people can't vote. Okay, that's not logical, that's not ethical, and that's not truthful, and you don't have any honesty in the intent of what you're trying to do. So it doesn't happen. So it's that kind of movement that we need, and also a balance of rights and responsibilities. You know, how many times have I heard about, uh, well, you're infringing on my rights? Well, when you think about your rights, uh, you're infringing on mine, and that's the idea of it. So we need to have be responsible to each other also, like how we both drive. We all drive on the right side of the road, well, for the most part anyway. <laughs> and we all try to drive within the laws of, of the road, again, most of the time. And, you know, those are things that we've agreed upon as a society. And that's the responsibility we have to do those things. Yeah. We can have that same kind of responsibility for so many other things, like um, 
simply telling the truth, being logical, being ethical, being honest in what you're trying to say. And if we added that in some way to the Constitution as the guiding principles of this country, how would that change things? People can actually, the Constitution would probably match up, you know, the liberty and, you know, the, you know, people have the right to pursuit of happiness, you know what I mean? And just to like, you know, I'm tired. You know, I'm, I'm hoping everybody else is tired too, but that would make for a, a wonderful place to live. Because it, it, it would. I, we're it, not it, here to be miserable. <laughs> I don't think that's what God is intent us. <laughs> in order to change all the things that we hate, and we do hate them, you have to start with a philosophy. And that's why I'm so high on philosophy. Because if you have a philosophy, as people like all the cons have, screw you is their basic philosophy. Yeah, they're going to take everything they can, they're going to lie as much as they have to, they're going to do whatever it is, they'll create the separation they think they deserve. Okay? And that's what they're going to do. But if you have a philosophy that starts with, we're all equal, have inalienable rights, as the Constitution stated, okay, at that point, they, if they can't get away with their part of it, all their suppression, all their, all their gerrymandering, all their bullshit, because we're founded in truth, ethics, logic, and honesty of intent. And they'll say things like, well, we don't know who's truth. No, it's truth based in facts, mm-hmm. actionable facts. And they may not be perfect, but we at least have something to base them in, not a lie. Yeah. Okay, you've got to have some basis to make a statement. And the bottom line is you could get rid of Fox News in an instant. You could get rid of all these other people because I don't believe in freedom of the freedom of speech of money. And let me explain that a bit. Uh, you and I can say all we want. We can yell out the back door or whatever. And we have the freedom of speech to do that. But someone who's a billionaire has the freedom to spend billions of dollars to put their ideas on television, radio, whatever, because of the fact they have money. That's not freedom of speech. That's the freedom of money. And there has to be a real distinction between the two because freedom of speech is me being able to say whatever on Facebook, which Donald Trump is trying to, trying to say, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> but the but the freedom of speech of money is buying time on Fox News uh, to or all the commer- all of the commercials that Trump is going to have this time, which come to the point of indoctrination because there's so many. Um, where is that point? You know the Chinese were very good at constantly and the Russians too, repeating, 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 repeating their dogma until your brain was fried. How different is it from what's happening now on television, your own television? And I'll tell you where you can turn it off. Well, if you want to watch a television show, that thing, you have no warning that it's coming. And you're halfway in the middle of it before you know it's there. So, no, that's not the same thing. These commercials are indoctrination. That's what they are. They're not anything else. It's not a campaign commercial trying to sway your vote 
from what you're doing. It's a it's an indoctrination program run again and again, thousands and millions of times, because they have the money to do it, and that's the freedom of speech of money, as opposed to your freedom of speech, and they're very different. And I do support your freedom of speech, by the way. And I appreciate that. And I support yours too. I, I can't help but to be supportive of anybody's. But <laughs> you know, but that's just easy for me, you know, because sure. I truly am a believer of treating people how you want you would want to be treated, and treating people. I always tell people like your shit, you know, your shit stinks too, okay? Who told you? Absolutely. Your shit doesn't stink and that it <laughs> smells like roses and it's a lot better than everybody else's. And I'm just like... Well, that's that's because they're using VI poo. Don't anybody <laughs> kid you. You know? Somebody said if you say something enough, you know, or, or believe it, you, know, you start to believe your own shit. And I think to really be far gone as they are, they actually believe their, their own shit. I do too. And, you know, the, the sad part this whole thing is that I um, honestly believe in something I call the um, societal uh, second law of thermodynamics. And it's, it's a sad thing, but I do believe it is the case, in, sadly, in the United States right now, that as systems become more diverse, more complicated, they tend to, uh, t- tend to take more energy to hold them together then they can put together. And I do think that in the end, we're, it's simply going to fall apart what we're doing now. Because and I think that's what the cons have in mind for this to happen. Because uh, it's the society that we live in, it takes so much energy for us to, for elections. I mean, you have all this yelling, shouting, all these things happen, all this money spent. In the end, we get Joe Biden and Donald Trump. How old is that, Rick? How'd that happen? You know, and all this work and effort, and we end up with who the billionaires want. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. that says, mm-hmm. I think that says what's happening within the system. Yeah. So the system, I think, is going to change to a simpler system. I think the cons want a simple authoritarian system that has all the looks of a democracy, but it isn't. And I think we're kind of close to that. But I think with the idea behind the foundation's cooperative and the, the foundation's methods are that we can build a wide-based democracy uh, where people actually have value. Because on the other side of it is in a money-centric economy and society, people have very little value unless they're part of the people with money. and. So our choice is either go to authoritarianism or double down on democracy. And I think that is our best choice. I believe in direct democracy. I think that we don't need to elect people who are going to do what they want, basically, that need to borrow, get money so that they can get elected. We don't need them. We can do the same job far better. And actually do it. And we (laughs) we can use a system that uh, replaces maybe the House of Representatives, whereas we pick the things that we find to be important, like through a um, grand jury system, that we have a grand jury here in Clearwater, Florida. We have one in um, Los Angeles. You know, we have them all over the country. And they decide what are the things that are important in these particular areas that need to be addressed 
within uh, direct democracy. So people are voting on ideas, not on people. And I think in the end, that's how it's going to end up. Because the bottom line is the proxy system we use now where we elect what we, who we think are very good people, and some of them are. But they're within a horribly corrupt system that just destroys them if they are. You know, they just just get ripped to shreds because it's all about money. Yeah. And uh, it's in a human-centric system. Uh, all the things in capitalism are still there. You know, you have your business. You get to run it. It's your business. The idea is that instead of the bank owning part of your business like it is now, the cooperative owns it. And you own the cooperative. You are a voting member of the cooperative. That's the kind of economy that I think will come around because it's simple. You know, it's um, the big box economy where everything is uh, built in China or giant factories. It has its place, and I won't say that it doesn't. But where are we as, as normal people going to get jobs? Yeah. I mean, there are going to be robots in there taking, doing most of those jobs very shortly. Making televisions, making yeah. cars, they already are. Yeah, yeah. I kind of noticed that the, uh, it's not too big, but I mean, it usually starts small. But even like they were uh, pushing um, like inside the little, like McDonald's and stuff, like they were using those machines and stuff. And I right off the bat just felt, in a way, I was thinking like, hmm, how many people did this put out of a job? You know what I mean? Yeah. I was thinking like how impersonable because at the end of the day, I really still needed somebody. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what's happening yeah. here? And I just had to go to the line. And I was, but the first thing I thought was, how is this helping anybody? This is, I, I would rather have a human being helping me. And how many people is this putting up? How does this help anybody? It doesn't help anybody. Somebody really, really would sit back and think. Oh, they're saving money. There's something else. That's somebody that's out of a job. That's the lesson for somebody. You're right. That's how You're I saw right. it. And, and the economy is built on putting people out of work. That's crazy. They want that's us what to it's built on. Money, they want us to live and yeah. pay, pay for our homes or, or somewhere to live, but they don't want us to have money. That sounds like insanity to me. <laughs> it is insanity. But it's, again, the insanity that we've found ourselves put into. You know, we're there. We're being pushed into that insanity all the time. Yeah. And it is insanity. There's just so much of it. But picture this. Think about this. That if you had, instead of worrying about the jobs that these particular industries needed, and I mean, those things, those jobs are important. But again, they won't be there. So instead of doing that, turning it completely around, that you take a person when they go into school, and you teach, you, you, you give them a test, which explain, you know, gives a chance to see what they like, who they are, what they want, you know, what would be interesting to them, where their abilities lie, okay? So you take these people and, you, and you, they move on. They can change if they change as they get to teenagers, but they're tested every few years and you get to see who they are. And so you build a job around them. You know, what are they good at? Yeah. Uh, you might find you have a you have in the next Einstein there. Yeah. So yeah. you build around that. You build who they are. You build around and you build your economy around people. Yeah. I, I like that. That is. That, way. that is 
That is what foundationism is. It's building everything around people because in the end, things will kill us. People will either learn to do, do and, you know, survive what comes of this, or we can build something that is so much more. Build the very structure that uh, builds people. Because in building people, we become the builders of the builders of starships. And the reason I say that is because building starships is incredibly difficult. We can't even consider it. It's super, super hard. But in order to do something that difficult, you've got to have a society that is stable and working. And you can say what you want about our society now. We build great cell phones, make great cars. We do a lot of things pretty well, but we are not stable. And we are not a society that can, for the long haul, learn the science, learn the physics, learn all these things that we need to learn in order to build such a thing, because we won't last that long. It just simply won't happen. Because of the schizophrenia and the, the paranoia that is built into the system. We're afraid of each other. Yeah. You know, I know that you've got a gun back there. I know you do. But the the bottom line is we're afraid of each other. And I, uh, how, how far can we go that way? And the idea behind foundationism is that once you agree to the terms of agreement that, you know, we're not going to do this. We're not going to we're gonna stay within the parameters of what's right and wrong. Okay decided what's logical, what's truthful, what's ethical, based on those basic ideas, that when you're going to stay within those parameters, then you can do whatever you want. You can take what you've got and do with it, take it to wherever, because it's there to do it. And if we're all doing that, as opposed to being afraid and paranoid and schizophrenic in our society, things change. Things yeah. work. And that's why you, you know, say you have just, to be... Uh honest and everything because that gives somebody self-assurance that's how you get back to trusting that one would say like you said they're paranoid don't trust anybody you don't trust each other but when no, you don't you're honest and it's, and it's right and you tell the truth then it, yeah and it's t- integrity then you can count on that and not have to worry about what are you what are you going to do i don't trust you and yeah so. the schizophrenia and the paranoia are being induced every day every time donald trump owns, opens his mouth oh it kind of just falls in there it does. and so how can you build a society on the quicksand of such crap you just can't it's always going to crack and fall apart it's just going to There's, you've got to have a foundation and that's the idea to build that foundation within our lifetimes within the next generation because uh, I'm 70. I, I certainly won't see it. But the bottom line is, you guys can. You know, it, it's there to do it. This is all going to fall apart. It depends on what picks, what gets picked up when it's done, how it comes back together. It's going to be a simpler version of something. Uh, the most simple version is authoritarianism. You do what you're told. But the gift to us from the founders was the ideas of democracy. And it's, a, it's been an imperfect uh, democracy, but it has been better than just about every other one. And it's up to us to take that next step as human beings. 
we can't do it as intelligent animals. We can only do it as human beings because we have to have empathy for others, you know, instead of being afraid of others. Yeah. yeah. And as you put it, empathy is extremely important. Yeah. I found myself fighting for that every day when I was uh, teaching, you know, kids. Every day it was empathy for one another, kindness, and showing them why that's important. And then, like, ever since, you know, like, all this going on with the uh, pandemic and all the, the revelations and things that I've seen and been revealed, it made complete and total sense why, not just me, you know, knowing that's the right thing, why I was fighting for it, why it was so important for these kids to know this, but I even saw why it's so, such a, why, uh, Nothing more is being done. Like even when the bullying, the bullying in schools, you know, I, I, I've connected with a lot of parents all over the nation. Like even in Africa, we were all finding out like four suicides here, this, that, and, and like nothing more is being done or saying like, it seems like the kids aren't, don't have that, you know what I mean? That structure anymore to where, you know, you, uh, when you have consequences and things just start, certain things aren't tolerated and then it's made perfect sense. So, oh, yeah. Well, obviously well, they don't want to. <laughs> this is supposed yeah, to be right. happening. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. And this is the idea, behind, part of the idea behind the foundations is that uh, let's say you've got a bully and there's three or four of them. And they're bigger and meaner than everybody else, right? Which is what usually happens. And usually stupider too. <laughs> but if, uh, let's say that Let's say there's 20 other people in the, in the class, and they all said to each other, okay, um, this guy is a bully, and we can either sit here and cower and be afraid, or we can change things. We can come together, and maybe t one person can't do it, maybe two people, even three people, but all of us can do this. And they decide they're going to defend themselves as a group from these bullies. That changes it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't I mean, have to be necessarily physical because the bottom line is that the bullies are, you know, for whatever their reason, uh, they are just trying to show that they're superior in some way. Right, kind of the same same thing, like the control, yeah. Uh, cause I, I, yeah I, guess it, I see the uppers as bullies too, just, you know, the cons, stuff you're speaking of to me, that they just are another form of bullies to me. It's true. And, you know, rich people have security companies that protect them. And the laws protect them, you know, for the most part. I mean, you know that if they're going to a rich neighborhood that they're all going to lawyer up. You know, if anything happens, they could literally shoot somebody down the street and get away with it. Yeah. Okay. But if you're in a poor neighborhood, and no, <laughs> that's not happening. You can't afford very expensive lawyers. We have a pay-for-play legal system now. Yeah. And if you can't pay, you can't play. You're meat in the grinder. It's all messed up, man. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And and th that's that's where the ideas came from for the Foundation's books. Mm -hmm. The first book is um, called the Foundation's Codex. And it's the first six years of how the Foundation is cooperative, which is basically just a corporation. Um, how it worked. But the bottom line is the difference between the cooperative and a corporation is that once you became a member, you got one voting share of stock in the corporation. Yeah. 
And in the end, it was a member-owned corporation. If you were a member, you owned a share of stock. Everybody had one share of stock. So voting was democratic. It's, I call it a, an experiment, economic democracy, where you control, you have a say in your economic future, which is, which is very different than you have now. Because, yeah. because you have, if you're in, in working for a corporation, you're working with an authoritarian organization. There is no democracy. There is nothing but what they tell you. That's just what it is. But in something such as the foundations, you're an owner. And being an owner makes you something different than being a renter or being a part. You are an owner. You own this, which means you have pride in that. And what it, the whole idea that, um, that the whole economy should be owned by the majority of people not by the minority, not the very small, small minority of people, as it's going to right now. And by having spreading ownership, you become owners in society. And that is... Yeah, that's what's different. But, you know, owning society uh, by just a handful of people, that's what we've always had. You know, that's why America was very different in that most Americans owned their land at one time. The majority did. And by doing that, they were owners of the country. And that's what made Americans very proud of who we are. And sadly, that's all been turned to shit. But, but the bottom line is that uh, ownership is very important. And that's why the ownership of the corporation by its members and being all the key issues are being voted for. That is what makes it very different. And by doing that, you build with the codex as saying, okay, we agree to these things. It's a code, a code of agreement. We agree to these things. And as members and agreeing to this, we're going to live in this manner. And we're going to keep these goals and, and uh, ideals in mind all the time, whatever we do. It's not a religion. It's nothing like that. It's simply agreeing that we can be more than a dog deal in somebody's shoe. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. You know, I have, I have a friend that, uh, that you know, not many that I can have these type of talks with, but, uh, you know, we, we tend to. And we came to this point yesterday, and he said, well, when we get there, but he, he brought up the fact, like, but what do you do? Like, how do you hold it together? What about the ones you're always going to have that criminal or that person that's always going to want to fail or, or just tainted or just screw it all up? And I really couldn't answer that for him. I just said, I knew there was more I needed to, you know, I, you know, I couldn't explain that to him, but I understood where he was coming from because you, you find that person, you know, there's always that, that person that just to come and just, you know. Yeah, you're, you're, he's, he's absolutely correct. And that was one of the things I really had to think about it when I was putting this together. Not everyone is going to be in, in interested in this. They want to be the criminal or whatever. And that's fine. They can. That's going to be who they are. And uh, society needs it to deal with that, you know, one way or another. They have rights and responsibilities. So, you know, that's not... This is something by taking 
a group of people who want to do this and try to try to grow it yeah. to make it economically advantageous to be a member to let everyone know that uh, what it takes to be a member that they are part of this membership of of equals that uh, in fact have a determination of their own futures and they can become very very economically powerful because the bottom line is these small businesses that are so vulnerable because they are really like gliders on the economic winds yeah. and because they're so they're so vulnerable but if you gave them stability if you gave them the ability to say okay we're going to back you no matter what we're going to figure this out what's important is not that this makes money the most money possible what's important is that it employs people people that it that uh, it, uh, it, uh, it well. well it gives the best quality for what your money what your money is and that it uh, that it is owned by its members and you can get very rich within the system because if you uh, if you you train people to open up new branches or like a franchise of your company once you figure it out once you get it together you teach it you get 10% of that just as if you were uh, you were investing in in more of your own franchise and it keeps going on and on and growing and growing and growing that's the idea of the foundation to create a circular economy based in having only everything that's needed within that economy that way people can't take away your jobs they can't threaten you because you own everything you need to be successful but more than anything else you own yourself right yeah and that becomes a problem when you know these things you know I mean that are on earth you know that they you know that are things you know but right. when it becomes yourself you know what I mean like who you are and it, it kind of gets mixed up in there and some people don't even probably even realize it that they they're being you know that they're not theirs they're don't they don't belong to themselves anymore you know no. and, uh, you know I, I said it was not that long ago and I, I it really like hit me like revelation I was like hey, wait a minute wait this is they don't own us so why why sitting here waiting for someone to tell me what I'm going to do with my life and when and how and when I have to go back where and you know and it's like when did it turn to be into this like I did and that's when I realized how easily you could just fall right into it whatever you know through like you said TV the media you just kind of just roll with it you know yeah and you will too now you get over here and we all you know it's kind of like being hypnotized or something for a minute you're like wait wait well no. I don't think people realize what is the prison that you get into that when you are successful <laughs> you know you have that huge mortgage on your house you have the, your giant car or lease payments or whatever you have your kids have to go to certain schools because there's an expectation of the fact that you live in this giant gated neighborhood with giant houses you know, all these things are more or less a prison yeah. because you must conform to within the expectation and that's why people think people with money should be happy and it's like totally the opposite you know and then you yep. get people like that great stock market crash where they jumping out of windows and 
and yeah. stuff when you know they're about to lose everything and I was just like oh my god and it became so real to me and I even tried to empathize with that I took myself to even try to go and I realized I could see how that could take hold of somebody because of course I have a child I'm scared I don't want it that that's what worries me is I don't want you know what I mean to be homeless have a child I want to keep a roof I want to keep a job so that I can have security for my 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 son you know and right. so that right there to me is very important so I try to empathize with those when I was told that story and just people that I've, I've known of situations we all probably have heard of that somebody something happened and somebody lost a job I bet it went in and killed killed you know what I mean? Went to the, the work or they committed suicide and killed their family. And you would wonder, how does that happen? But when you think about yeah. how the world has made people's lives, put money on it and a value on who you are. That's right. You don't know who you are anymore. But yeah. it all goes into this giant ball. You know, your, your whole world is making that house payments, paying for that car, getting that next expensive something. Yeah. That's who they are. And that's why the cons stay in, in power because there's enough of people like that who are so afraid of losing things, they're going to do anything to keep that gravy train going. Yeah, that's a scary thing. <laughs> Until it all falls apart, and that's what, how it's going to go, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. I didn't lie when they said money was the root. All evil, money makes the world go around, and it's not about what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> Well, it's true, and, you know, and but the bottom line of everything is that we, you know, we use all the technologies that come from the uh, all the the research, the the giant corporations, and all these things. But let me ask you a question: Do you know how they work? Could you fix it if it broke? Could you, you know, those kind of things? And I would say ninety nine times out of a hundred, the answers will be no. So the bottom line is technology uses us as opposed to us using technology. So the bottom line in education system is that we need to learn everything that makes <coughs> pardon me, that makes the world work. We need to be able to use them, be able to fix them, be able to understand them. And when they break, do something about it. In the society we're living in now, the answer is no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And we need to understand why. And then again, that's why education is a very big part of foundation. Yeah. Because we need to build people as opposed to getting people a certificate. You know, building people is what's important. Not giving a graduation diploma. Right. Learning That's the things that really you need to know yeah. and that you can continue to learn as you grow older. It never stops. Yeah. It doesn't end at college. It doesn't end at high school. It never ends. Yeah. You're always learning. You're always building. Yeah. And, you know, if you're... And the other thing is that we, we assign people value by the jobs they do. Yeah. Uh, if you if you are a successful owner of a floor cleaning business, then you are a successful person. If you do the hard work and 
you make it all happen and you do everything necessary, you are a successful person. Just as successful as someone who's a lawyer. Right. Just as successful as someone who is something else. But we assign different values for people who do different jobs. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of the foundations is to get a little from a lot. So by doing that, by owning 25% of companies, thousands and thousands and maybe millions eventually of companies, then the money is picked by the membership of how it is to be spent. It's to be spent on education or you know, on something, uh, whatever, whatever it is. Developing products that would never get developed in a money-centric world, like high-speed, low-cost desalinization. Um, a a point-of-use hydrogen system that, that you can use for generation, generating electricity or driving a car. Those things would never be developed because oil is the driver of everything in our world. So in the first book, I actually, uh, when they developed that system, uh, point of use hydrogen system that split that uh, split uh, water into oxygen and hydrogen, that's when the oil companies and the holding companies came together against them. That was the tipping point. That was where they feel, felt was most dangerous. And I think that is exactly how it works that anything that uh, approaches um, to make oil not effective or hurts oil is, is to be defended at all costs. Hmm. And that's why we are stuck in oil, and we will be. I mean, we'll have some wind power and some solar and this or that, but we'll be driving cars with oil and the pollution and you can see the difference. Pollution, just the three, the two months that uh, most great. cars are parked, uh, how different it is. Yeah, I was like, look at nature getting a, getting a break. And, you know, that's, that's what I, I was thinking. You know, like, I was, you know, it's kind of funny. I was thinking, too, like uh, with the, the sea life, you know, in the water and the ocean and stuff. And then when they <laughs> people got back in the water, I was like, I wonder what the... Um, <laughs> What was that thinking? Like the animals are like damn humans. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I, I won't argue any of that. The way it really uh, was that this found it just to be, it just shows. Like when you said the pollution, you know, you saw the air. The first re reason why I noticed that is cause another um, individual. Was, I, I was a younger person actually, and they noticed it. You know, because they had a lot of time in their hands. But they said, what I do notice is that there's not a lot of pollution, and the air is clear, and then. You know, you'd start to notice it, and you're like, "Yeah, it is." And that shows. That says yeah. a lot. That says a whole lot for, you know. Oh yeah. You know. And that's just two months without as <laughs> many cars. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there were still cars, but they were a lot. They were very much reduced. But that was two months. What would happen if uh, we started? If we got rid of all the, you know, all the gasoline-driven cars and diesels too, and replaced them with something other than batteries? I'm, I'm not the huge fan of batteries that perhaps a lot of people are. But I still think a hydrogen point-of-use system makes a lot of sense. And the reason why I call it point-of-use system is that um, instead of storing hydrogen, uh, you break down hydrogen at the point of use. And then you have not only the hydrogen, but the oxygen with it. 
and that's where you really amp up the power. You can't quite match gasoline, but you can get somewhat close to it. And there's no pollution whatsoever. If you concentrate enough, it should work. The goal is like it's healthy, uh, it's less threatening, it's uh, safer. Yeah, water's free too. <laughs> I kind of like that, or not yeah, completely free. Yeah, but you know, far less that. than gasoline. Yeah, <laughs> and so, and so, you know, there were. That's why they would hate it, and that's what I'm sure they would. But <laughs> those kind of those kind of things were the things that you know, people who are thinking logically and uh, ethically and honestly about things would come up with. Whereas today, it's all about can you make money with it? That's the only question. Yeah, yeah, that's what you hear about everything. You come up with a great system or idea, and it's like, well, will that make money? <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, that's that's the only question. Can can it make money? Well, maybe. Uh, can I get by the regulations? Is the second question. <laughs> but you know, but that's that's really what it is these days. And to say, you know, put it nicely, uh, uh, it's killing us. Yeah. And in the end, in the end, uh, who knows what it'll bring? I mean, we're polluting the water like there's no tomorrow or polluting the air like there's no tomorrow and one of these days there will just be no tomorrow yeah yeah and uh it's all these people who will die and all these you know they you know who's going to turn out the lights when it's all done if we keep doing this i just uh i i see that uh, we've gone to a period of insanity and uh yeah. How it will end, I'm not sure. But we will change. Things will change, and it just depends on what that change is. If yeah, it goes to authoritarianism, we're just going to keep all the bad things going as long as they can. Yeah. That's how that will go because that's the things that keep them powerful. Yeah. And if we can, the other choice would be something like the foundations. Uh, a complete wide-based democratic system that uh, basically uh, doesn't allow lying on television, doesn't allow unethical and illogical things to be broadcast over the air all the time. You know, um, we have we have half a million women in Washington uh, after Trump was uh, elected, and it got a little bit of coverage, got a couple of days' worth. We have 400 people in uh, in Michigan protesting that they want to stop uh, social distancing and and open open things up again, and that gets the same kind of coverage as the half a million women in Washington. How does that work? How does that happen? <laughs> it's neither it's neither logical or ethical. It is simply untruthful, but it yeah. serves a purpose for somebody. Yeah. <clears throat> And I always say, if you have to lie about it, then you know it's not right. <laughs> lie, 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 lie. That's how Everything is a lie. Yeah, because they know it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just it. There's no truth. What they're trying to push now is just like they have in Russia, that there is no truth. That's what that's Putin's great um, contribution to societies, is that everything is, no one knows what the real truth is. That's what they push there, and that's what the people I call the cons are doing here. There is no truth. Uh, if you if you ask them, 
they'll say, well, there's, uh, well, maybe it's God's truth, or maybe it's uh, conservative truth, or maybe it's something else. But there is a truth. It is a verifiable fact that you can actually see and touch. It's not a conspiracy theory, or it's not um, just someone babbling along for trying to convince you of something, uh, someone trying to sell you something. It's the truth. Yeah. And when you say that there is no truth, that's a lie. <laughs> there is truth. Right? You're lying about the lie. It's, it's crazy. It can get really... It, really crazy. it is crazy. <laughs> you don't believe the lie. You don't believe the truth. you like, I don't... So you just stop listening to people. I'm just going to cover my ears. How about that? <laughs> 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 Seriously, this whole time, like, I've been getting... My phone has been flooded with all these things saying we have relief for this, relief for that. People are calling here saying we're going to do this with your credit and we're giving these things out. Uh, just anything and everything anybody could ever call me with or try to give me. I've just said no to everything. I said, I, I don't want it. I don't want it. You know, and maybe I'm, if before this, I probably would have been like, uh, well, let me see. Let me check into that. Talk to me more. Now, anything that has ever been brought to my attention, it, it, like even now, my phone is just overwhelmed with we have relief here, payday loan here, or somebody try to give me a chair, like this really great chair but for free and I could pay for it they know it's the COVID right now but if I don't like it they'll come pick it back up in 30 days and I said I don't want it and I even sat there and even entertained them you know I said I told your friend I didn't want it when she sent me to you so I don't have the money I said I'm trying to spend better it's the COVID you know I mean I, I'm trying to be more responsible and he just really kept kind of pushing on me and I was like nah I don't want it I don't know what's in that thing it might have cameras might have the COVID. I don't know what's in there. Uh, no, I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, anyone who tries to sell it, my, my dad gave me a great um, line in that. said, never trust anyone who's trying to sell you something and will benefit from it. Yeah. Because bottom line is their benefit, not necessarily yours. Right, right. And, and they're getting mad because I don't want it. It's free. No. <laughs> well, that's, that's part of their training, too. They're taught to do that. You know, make you feel bad for saying no. Yeah, it doesn't work on me. Every, <laughs> every trick in the book, let me tell you. Even if there's some truth in there somewhere, somebody's truthful, I, I'll just have to take that loss. And that 99% of it is somebody's trying to scam me, and, and that one, I'll just have to just take that and just say no. Oh, it's that. true. How much of our economy is a scam? Seems oh. like to me that's a whole lot. Whole lot that I'm starting to, to realize, and I'm starting to be better, a little bit better, at spotting it out. Uh, even yesterday, I, someone said they were going to forgive my student loans. I said, "Well, okay. Well, how come you don't know any of this information that you're asking me?" <laughs> I was like, I just talked to them. They know everything. They know how to get a hold of me. And you're asking me all these yeah. questions that they already know about me. So I said, "I'm going to call them first, and then I'll call you back." Is that okay? He's like, no, uh, uh, I'll make you have an email. He wanted to know. I said, uh, yes. Obviously, you just read it to me. He said, well, this one's not working for us. Can we get you another one? He said, I'll make it for you. I said, that's going to require me to have to give you my information, and I'm not comfortable with that. So that would be a no. And so I said, I'll just go ahead and I'll call them. I said, because I just had a talk with them about, he said, Did you pay, have you paid anything on your student loans? I said, if you knew that, you would know that if you were with, you know, this, the, the education department student loans. You wouldn't even ask me any of this. I said, sir. He said, okay, never mind. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and, pretty much. Uh, and I ran the number and it, it came up all the, I Googled, I took the number, I copy pasted it and it came up all these different tracking, like 
these numbers, random numbers. And I was like, they know they they contact me by mail. <laughs> if you really want to know. <laughs> so I just, just I just found it like funny how a lot of people fall for that because someone told me they just had like not that long ago. And I was just like, and you just you have to think think, you know, before especially when they ask you for information. It's like, nope. <laughs> no, not, you're right. Yep. So yeah, so everything it, it just seems like everything's built built off of lies and I'm starting to be more I'm starting to uh understand more. I don't I don't think I'll ever truly understand because you just kind of wonder like why people just aren't good. <laughs> but I mean I'm starting to understand their 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 reasoning, their game now. It's more about yeah. why they're doing what they do, you know what I mean, and why I'm the enemy because I wanted to do right. <laughs> you know, I want well, to yeah. Stand up people, you know? Even them, I want the best for them. They don't want the best for me, but I want well, all of us to be able to live amongst one another. I used to be, I, used, I tried my hand at sales a couple of times, and the one thing I would tell you that they always tell you is it's uh, you make your money by making other people do something, doing something that they don't want to. Mm-hmm. That is the heart and soul of sales is that trying to convince you to do something you don't want to do. Yeah. It may not be good for you. It probably isn't because it's good for them. Yeah. That is very true. And that is, and again, that's how it's filtered all the way down through society. Most people sell things. How many doers do you know compared to salespeople? I mean, I know a lot of salespeople. A lot of people sell stocks. A lot of people who sell this and that. Car salesmen. All these people, they're there to sell you something. Yeah. They're not there to do anything. Yeah, yeah. I I was in insurance um, for a minute. I I went to, got into finances, and I, because I figured, I said, I thought that was logical. Like, why, that's like, we should know, be educated on our finances versus trusting somebody else to tell us about our finances and, and not to know what, what that even means is crazy because you can tell me anything. So I was like, oh, right. that's, now I'm going to go into, you know, finances. And, and then I, you know, got into a, was taking my schooling and went to, you know, got into school and then took the test and all that stuff and to uh, do insurance, you know, but uh, even during the time, the process up to, up to that and, you know, being a train and you know just you know because uh, you while you while you're waiting to be licensed you still have uh, a group that you're with and you still can make money and you still go you do all the same things you know until you become actually certified and what I found was that uh and, this, and this, this is very um kind of crazy that we're talking about this because this is what I came up against like so uh, ethical type of thing I uh exactly I didn't um I wanted to know way more. I felt like the more I learned about it and I paid close attention how things worked and what kind of insurance was this and what kind of insurance was that. And if you take this apart, that's what that becomes that. And I also remembered when my mom passed away, the type she had. And then it made sense why, you know, things were the way they were. So I was like, okay, so somebody just didn't tell, you know, somebody just like to me in my head, I was like, well, why wouldn't that always be the, the better choice for any anybody when it comes to uh, the, the best insurance. And so uh, what I found myself coming up against, I found it very hard, very hard, because I always heard people, this was first of all, when you hear insurance, like 
because people need it. But the people right. people are gonna say, I, I don't I don't trust you. And so I found out real quick, insurance people have a bad rap, you know what I mean? And I got it because I saw it happen to my mother, you know? And I didn't want to be that for somebody, you know? But I knew just like anything else, it's not always bad cause or bad this, you just find bad people in all the right places. And, but I, I found it really hard to find, uh, to uh, commit myself to a certain insurance company. In my head, I thought, right? I'm no genius. Things can go this way or that way. What if I sell somebody? And they know I just want you to go to your family first and your friends. <laughs> you know, what if I do? I, I'm thinking I'm doing the right thing and I, I get you this insurance, and then it turns out that it's not the best insurance. You know what I mean? And that you kind of got screwed. You know, and then what? And now, now I got to look at you. You got to look at me. I'm not saying like it's any different if it's somebody I don't really know. You know what I mean? No. But it's like now I'm tacked to that, you know, like that's not going to go. I'm selling these people this insurance that and I need to make sure because a lot of different places would kind of pull pull me in and, and it was sounding real good. And, and but there was this piece of me that just could not commit myself to any place that I wanted to be under for the simple fact that I knew I said, if I if I don't feel secure in this, I'm going to have a hard time giving you know saying that and um selling you this insurance and then it's not even what you know was good for you those those was, was going through my head and then now i've i've you know done this i've you know sold this you know so people it's early like really quick to like oh i got the sale i got the sale and to me i was like there's more to it more than that yeah it's more like this is important this is serious and now I've done, I've given you this assurance that it's not, was in your best interest. You know what I mean? I found that to be very dangerous, very kind of like uh, messy, you know, like not, you have to, I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, it, that permeates itself through everything. I, I was a mortgage broker for a while. I had a licensed mortgage broker and I was always very careful to do the right thing for my customers. But the bottom line was the companies that, um, uh, they were looking out for themselves. Yeah. Uh, I worked for a, a mortgage bank at one time, uh, Ames. They were a subprime lender, but they were really pretty upfront. I mean, they pretty they said exactly what they were, and if you went to them, it was because you needed them. You know, you had bad credit and da uh, da. But then we were bought by a, a really scumbag company called Accredited, and they tried to screw everybody. <laughs> they didn't care how good your credit was. I think one of their favorite one of the favorite lines was, uh, "What's the difference between somebody with good credit and bad credit?" And it was uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to we're going to get them no matter whether they have good credit or bad credit. We're going to right. get them. Right. And uh, and you know, oh, I remember the, the right saying. It was, "What's the difference between people with good credit and bad credit?" Was the good people with good credit pay their bills? That's the only difference. And they were just the same target as other people. And uh, the bottom line for them was that we're going to make a ton of money and we don't care. And I soon left that company because uh, Ames was a pretty up-and-up company. I I liked working for them. They were decent people who said who they were to start with and were were not pretentious in in, uh, what they were. They're a subprime lender. If you need us, it's because you've not paid your bills. Yeah. 
we can help you, but there will be costs up front. Accredited, accredited were just uh, scumbags who were trying to stick everybody. <laughs> and that's kind of how the businesses, most businesses are now. Just about everybody is in it to get that a little bit more, and that success comes from ripping somebody off some way or another. And, you know, there's something hidden there for me or what, you know, whatever it is. But that's how everything works. And uh, that is a huge problem. And that's why uh, I started thinking about what are the alternatives? You know, what can we do? What's going to happen after this falls apart? Uh, where Where will we go after that? And the idea is that in order to keep from happening what the very rich people, the Cokes and their ilk, are trying to feist on us, we're going to have to come together and say, no, we're not going to do that. That's what it's going to take. And I'll tell you what, I, I've, uh, I've tried to start groups. I've uh, tried to send out where, you know, here's the book I wrote about this explain how to do it let's do something and it's just amazing that the people who read my stuff for the most part are are my age 70 80 i mean they're older and you know their their time for getting out in the streets and throwing rocks at people are over <laughs> but the bottom but the bottom line is i don't believe in doing any of that i don't believe that you can win this with a confrontation mm-hmm. as far as uh, as far as you know it's violence I yeah. just don't believe you can do that. I can't see that we can win against our own army. Uh-huh. It's just not a good choice. But what is a good choice is building something outside of the reach of the very rich. That's how you beat them with economics. You don't beat them with rocks or whatever because you can't. They've got all these private security people to protect them. Yeah. You can't beat them that way. Yeah, and then You've they- got to makes it worse it's like okay it's creating uh you know it's it doesn't solve yeah. anything like after you do it now what's fixed what's done <laughs> now so what, what you do is you start taking money away from them that's how you really hurt them like uh, you know they own you, you can go down right now that pawn shops are national chains owned by very rich groups of very rich people you know there's there aren't any, there aren't very many small pawn shops anymore. Mm-hmm. 7-Elevens, they're all part of a chain. They may be independently owned, but they still franchise out. And they, uh, you know, all these things, they, all these very big companies are coming down to everywhere and sucking the life out of all the small companies, all the independents, the real small, small companies. And in doing that, in the end, there'll be nothing left. We will own nothing. We'll be renters. You know, Berkshire Hathaway is, is here in Florida trying to buy every three-bedroom, two-bed, three-bedroom, two-bath house they can get their hands on. Wow. And soon people will not own homes. That's coming very fast because as you get older and you leave, instead of leaving it to your family, you sell it to somebody. Now it's somebody like Berkshire Hathaway. Or one of the other hedge funds are doing exactly the same thing. We will soon not own anything. So the 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 question becomes: Are you happy with that? You know, just owning something does owning yourself matter to you? 
And that's the question I see less and less people saying yes. I know. They just... don't care. They don't <laughs> care. As yeah. long as they have what they think is what they want. Yeah. I asked somebody that question the other day, and I just expected to... I wasn't surprised, but I really expected something different. And they were serious because they tried to cover it. And then I said, oh, no, you've been what you said. I said that's a value. That's a price there. And you, you'd you be okay with it. And I kind of found it revolting a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's it, it, it. <laughs> it's kind of like drug, sex, and rock and roll when uh, when I was a kid, you know. That was, like, yeah, that's, that was the big thing everybody was saying. But the bottom line is that if they have a phone and a car and they rent and they have a job and da 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 da, most people are fairly happy. Yeah, and that's until until something happens. Yep. And you know, and but if you oh, you know, and there's no responsibility involved in that. Yeah, I mean that's that's makes crazy. They don't people happy. <laughs> they don't do anything, right? Yeah, but taking responsibility for yourself and taking responsibility for society, uh, that is a learned uh, trait. You have to learn that. And again, that's where a simple idea of philosophy and action, foundationism, being somebody that you want to be, developing your skills and abilities and taking them somewhere as opposed to a job owning you and taking you wherever they want to take you. Yeah. And I think that is the real basic idea. Can we be more than the intelligent animals we are now? Yeah. Can we be human beings? Yep. And uh, we have this next generation, these these little ones, and it's like, uh, you know, it's what we have, you know, to, to give them. We can't keep passing this on, you know? Yeah, you're right. I, I wrote a video poem with just that base, um, basing in that, that what are we going to leave our kids? What's there to leave? You know, there's, there's, do we leave them a trash heap or do we leave them some hope? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's where I uh, strongly am, you know, I stand, you know, since I'm, you know, in the educational field and everything, I'm very, and a mother. But, you know, I, I very much, uh, that's, that's very important to me, you know, because they're kids. <laughs> We're yeah. us to make sure that they are okay. We can't expect much out of them if we're not giving, you know, what we should be, you know? It's like, oh, I understand. Expect a child and have all these expectations and we're telling them, and but then we're not, like, giving them up you know, doing the same thing, actually, you know, and even make trying to make it a better place for them. So it's like, if we're not willing to do the work, how can you teach it to, you know, to, to Oh, them? yeah. No, I agree. You know, uh, the last book that I published was In the Valley of the Short-Faced Bear, and it was about people who had left Earth 7,000 years ago coming back and looking at where we are now and who we are and, yeah. you know, what would they see? You know, how would they, if you were human beings who have basically the same, you know, they're, they've been changed by their time gone, but they're basically human, and they are looking at us and who we are and what we've done and what's happening. How would they see us? And I came to the conclusion they would think that we were just nuts. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's funny you say that. <laughs> There's a, a skit, I think it's on uh, TikTok, and they're like, uh, but it's actually instead of human, it's uh, they're uh, a- it's an alien type look, it's alien. And he came back, and then I guess he was on the phone uh, talking with another, and about he was talking about visiting, you know, coming back or coming back here, and he was just like, right. He's like, those humans, and it was kind of funny because he was saying, talking about all these things, he's like, those humans, they don't go on and did this. You couldn't believe it. And it was just when you said that, it was kind of like, you know, they were pretty shocked, you know, like. Well, in the end, they decided that the average person was pretty sane, pretty smart, but it was the people in charge that were actually crazy because, because the reality had become so skewed that the only thing that became important was holding on to power and holding on to money. That So they decided, after trying to make their way through the governments of Earth, that the only way to do it was to bypass them. To uh, they use a technology that uh, could uh, detect what you were thinking as far as yes or no on a vote, ask the simple question. And they would take a, a minute's portion of the Earth at a time of the 360 degrees around a one degree. And they would, uh, they would just say, okay, when this comes and you hear this music, you say yes or no mentally. Or say yes or no, whatever. And they could detect that, they counted it that way. And they decided to ask the people of Earth and they were very surprised how many people said, "Yeah, I'd rather do, you know, I'd rather do something different if it's based in this, as opposed to what we're doing now." Of course, the leadership, on the other hand, were really unhappy. <laughs> but you know, when you think about it, most people that you know, if they, you ask them, "Are you happy with things how they work?" How many would say yes? I don't think very many. I don't know if I'll even. I don't think I'll hear. Yeah, at all. Yeah. So if you were if you were offering something based in a logical code of ethics, uh, what do you think? You think most people would say, "Yeah, I would." Yeah. Because the I, bottom line is, we 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 base everything now. You can say, "Oh, they give you all this crap about the Constitution," but the bottom line is. They're working the hardest to destroy the Constitution as quickly as they can. Yeah. So, you know, it's all it's all a big lie. Everything is based in what they can convince or lie about or yeah. uh, self-serving lies. And so, having things based in simple, truthful, uh, truth, logic, ethics, those kind of things, that makes a difference. And I think that's the way we need to change this. Yeah. Not a party, but a movement, a yeah. movement of demanding those four things. Because if you demand too many things other, if you demand anything to do with race or sex or any of those things, then it becomes a different issue. You yeah. have to keep them down to the very basic things. And of course, you know, everybody being equal is logical. Everything, everyone being equal is truthful. Mm-hmm. Everyone being equal is ethical. Yeah, so it won't even matter the but whole color and all that stuff. That's right. So Basically. all these things that we have problems with, yeah. 
all these things that create our people are creating problems about or or using it as a smokescreen for other things just simple hate and dislike and just stupidity can all be surmounted by just keeping those four issues those four principles as what you're doing uh, we demand truth we demand logic we demand ethics and we demand honesty of intent that's how we beat them yeah it's it's philosophy and action because those are the things they're hiding what they're actually doing yeah I But it's, it's where we have to start. It's simple, just logical use of words. Americans first. I'll just say that. Black-skinned yeah. or Americans, white-skinned or Americans, whatever. We start with Americans. Or Somali, Somali origin. Americans first. And then we go from every place else. Okay. Well, as I saw this, like, because um, my son, I heard it, and I, was kept, I kept moving rooms. And, uh, but he said, Mom, there's a, a Black Power Prize, a Black Power uh, Parade or something going on outside. And I was like, I got to explain this because I haven't got to talk to him about this yet. I said, just come inside, you know, just like come like come to the door or something because I don't, you know, I'm not out there. But, uh, and then I, I saw this on the TV and everything like that. And all I could sit back and think was, this is once again, as sadly as it is, it took somebody's life. This is a smokescreen. This is the keep hatred going. This this is uh, not just a straight out like we don't like black people or we're gonna kill you. This is to keep p- people angry and pitting against one another so they keep doing what they're doing and then push in whatever agenda they have because now everybody's acting crazy. You know what I mean? That's yeah. why I see you're falling right into their trap. They're, they want this to happen. That's why, because you sit back and you would think, how could one just stand there and watch? They know they're on camera. They're like basically in their face and just have his knee like, okay, you know, kind of like he was enjoying it. I said, because this was pitted to do this. And now you're, we're going to go out and not think smart and use your emotions and your anger and give them a reason to push, you know, their agenda even more, but cause more, more separation, more hate. And I'm like, it's not fixing you falling right into the trap. People don't do it. That's what I saw. <laughs> I agree. That's exactly what I saw. That's what I saw. No, but saw. you're you're very perceptive and you're very smart, and you see those things. Yeah. But it's hard to see those things when someone's hitting you with a baseball bat. Yeah. You know, it is very hard to see those things. Yeah. And um, but that is the simple truth of it, and that's why I'm saying you can't beat this unless you think it through with a thought problem to start with. Think it through. Uh, pick something very simple, keep it very simple all the time, make it appealing to everybody. I mean, if you don't like truth and ethics and logic and honesty, <laughs> then you're, then who are you? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And of course, they'll try to assume everything. They'll do that. But the bottom line is you don't let them. Yeah. You know, you keep it, you keep it tight and you say, you keep you keep a simple definition of things, and when they start trying to expand it into this and that, you just don't allow it. Truth, ethics, logic, honesty of intent. And by doing that, we, we kill all their arguments. 
Yeah. They're all gone. None of their arguments work when it when it, when it's in the ideals of those four ideals. Then you can't get away with anything. You can't say things that are not true because if it's not truthful, if it's not logical, ethical, honest, then then it's a lie. Yeah. And more and more people will turn against it. And unfortunately, I've tried to start something like that several times. But it, you know, Facebook is the world's worst place to start something like that. Yeah, yeah. I learned quickly. Someone's telling me how how Facebook uh, kind of like will control. You know, certain. It's, it's another place where if they don't like it, they're not gonna. If they see you get a certain amount of uh, people. Then I, I heard that right. they uh, that they'll cut you off or something and. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, they they mess with me all the time. I mean, they they honestly do. Um, I'll be banned for no good reason that I could. I just suddenly get restricted for several days. And when I start getting too much, too too many people following me, or too many people reading my stuff, that that happens. When I start posting, I post to a lot of different sites. And everything works fine till I start posting. Then suddenly, nothing works. It slows down so much. It takes me forever to post to the forty sites that I post to. Uh, and I think those are all done on purpose. Yeah, most definitely. When once you start that, to realize, that's Facebook. Yeah. Uh huh. YouTube, Facebook, and I'm just like, okay, I see. I see what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But hey, as long as you. Like, like you said, the, the foundations and you stick to that. I mean, because I mean, nothing else is, is working. All this, this, I, I would think somebody, there were people, more people were caught on by now and the history repeats itself. You oh know. yeah, well the one thing, the one thing that you have to understand is what we're up against. I mean, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, the cons have money, of course, and the supremacists to go with them. And that's the oil corporate, white and religious supremacists, they fall right in that same basket of deplorables, as Hillary said. Uh, not that I'm a big fan of hers either, but I, I'm not. But um, that was really the truth. But uh, they, um, they don't want you to see it. And that's what they, they don't care about anything except trying to get their radical BS in power. They want to be superior just for the fact that they have white skin or their religious views or whatever. They want to be dominant because of those things. So they all band together to uh, to create the mess that we're in now. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I called them today the undertakers of this country. And I don't think I'm very wrong. Probably not. <laughs> nope, not at all. Well, I mean, I, I, uh, I definitely, you know, feel, well, we obviously we know where we start when we appeal to people that want, are going to want this. And we have to basically, like I said, build people up, you know, the ones that have been pushed down and told they're nothing or, you know, or they have nothing. And if you still have yourself, and you don't have any money, oh, you have something. You have everything, and then some. 
you know. So, oh, yeah. You know, and God woke you up. So you're like, okay, you're winning. You're on to something here. <laughs> so I say there's a fight to be fought, and but it doesn't have to be with violence and, uh, and hate, and you don't have to. I keep telling, and I stand by. And uh, that's where the movement comes in. I mean, any help with that, I would be greatly appreciative of. Through Democrat versus Republican, through uh, liberal this and that, and hatred of the Democrats and all these things. But truth, ethics, logic, and honesty have no race. Right. They have no party. They have none of those things that they've been able to split us upon. So hard for people. Those to things. <laughs> yeah, those those things are are just very basic. And when they start trying to put in lies and this and that, it's easy to catch them and you say, no, that's not true. And if you can't tell the truth, then you need to leave. Yeah. Okay, you, you, you make that the point. It has to be truthful. It has to be ethical, logical, those kind of things. But the bottom line is they can't, they, if they can't assume you and they can't break it down by race or parties or this and that, they're pretty defenseless. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I suggest those four simple concepts in a movement. Nothing else. You don't ask for anything else, but you demand those four things be the way place where decisions are made, that laws are made. Yeah. Everything is made from those four things. If they're none of the above or they're missing one or whatever, then no, we're not going to be for it. Yeah. Well, you know, it, the, the cons have been very successful in splitting the nation through race, through Democrat versus Republican, through uh, liberal this and that, and hatred of the Democrats and all these things. But truth, ethics, logic, and honesty have no race. Right. They have no party. They have none of those things that they've been able to split us upon. So hard for people those to those things <laughs> Yeah, those those things are are just very basic. And when they start trying to put in lies and this and that, it's easy to catch them and you say, No, that's not true and if you can't tell the truth then you need to leave. Yeah. Okay, you you, you make that the point. It has to be truthful, it has to be ethical, logical, those kind of things. But the bottom line is they can't they if they can't assume you and they can't break it down by race or parties or this and that, they're pretty defenseless. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I suggest those four simple concepts in a movement. Nothing else. You don't ask for anything else, but you demand those four things be the way, place where decisions are made, that laws are made. Yeah. Everything is made from those four things. If they're none of the above or they're missing one or whatever, then no, we're not going to be for it. Yeah. And the more, you, the more you simplify the argument, the better chance you have of winning. Because they'll throw all sorts of made-up crap at you. So you keep it just very simple. And you never argue stupidity. You know, you never let a stupid argument, you never get into that argument. If you say, prove it. Yeah. If that's the case, <laughs> prove it. Watch your sources. Prove it. <clears throat> and 
and that's the only way you can beat them. You have to keep it simple. You have to keep it straightforward. You have to avoid all the other issues. Everybody can join no matter what, but those are the four issues, nothing else. And then everything is resolved from that. I mean, the bottom line, it's not logical that because you have darker skin, you're different. You're superior or not, or you're not. (laughs) None of those things, it's simply not logical. It's simply not ethical. And it certainly doesn't, it's not part of the law. So the bottom line, again, is that you keep it simple. And I think that's how you move things. Uh, Something like that uh, before the 2024 election put into every 50, all 50 states and with massive backing of people. And then you go into the streets and, and you very peacefully tell them you're demanding these things. And that, and if you, in the bottom line is, again, of course, one of my favorite things is bottom line, but uh, <laughs> what you do is you make sure that when crazy uh, candidates are beaten in the election, then they'll start taking they'll start taking attention to what you're saying, what you're doing, at those points. Until then, they won't, because they keep getting away with having fools elected. Yeah. You know, people they already own or they can own. Those are the people who get elected. Exactly. And until we change that, nothing will change. Yeah. Well, but I also say this: you have to go after the Cokes and the Mercers. You have to go after those people personally. I mean, you have to sue them. You have to go at them. You have to try to get the government to act against them. You have to do those things because they are the people who are causing all this. And as long as you leave them, you know, pristine and safe where they're at, they will, there's nothing that will happen. You must go after them. You must make their lives miserable enough to stop. You've got to be able to attack and sue and, you know, go after them. And it must be possible. Otherwise, it is possible. They're doing because they fear us doing that and they know we can. And so that means for them to be scared of that, then they know that we can and they're trying to do everything in our power to make us believe, not just not have us do it, but make us believe that we're nothing and we have, but they know that we do. That's right. They can turn the entire media against you. I mean, they can do that. They can make they can turn it against you. They can they can affect the media, all of it, except maybe PBS. You know, I'm not positive about them, but (laughs) I think they're okay. But I I think everybody else. You look in the board of directors of ABC and CBS and and NBC. NBC is owned by Comcast, and if you look at the board of directors of Comcast. There's a whole lot of people there. You have to wonder. Uh, you don't have to wonder. They're 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 very conservative, authoritarians. That's who they are. And the same thing with CBS, ABC. Not so much because it's uh, Disney owns them and so forth. But they're not pristine either. But they're they're better. But the bottom line of everything, and of course this Fox, is that the Cokes own the country. And until you go after them personally, until uh, you make them known for what they're doing, they'll just keep doing it. There's no reason for them to stop. They're like the bully who has people go beat you up for the fun of it, you know, sends their friends to give you a hard time, but they 
stand over there and they're untouched. You have to at least get them into the, make them fight. So you have to at least do that. And doing this, yep. uh, one would basically be putting themselves in a, in a light to where you might find yourself coming across a lot of a problem. I might say. Yeah, yeah, you've got to be able. You've got to be able to, you know, get the word out that you're not going to accept what we've had in the past, and that's where the movement comes in. We're simply not going to accept this. We're all equal in this movement. It doesn't matter who you think you are, or where you're from, or the color of your skin. None of those things matter. Those four things matter, and nothing else. And once you do that, then they're going to start paying a lot of attention to what you're saying, because they understand the power of what you're saying, and that is extremely powerful. If people would just say, I'm not accepting the lies anymore, yeah. I expect these things from everything, from the media, I expect these things from the government, I expect these things from the economy, I expect these things through everything and then that's how we change the world it's just that simple okay well I'm definitely uh, very excited about um, as you were talking about uh, being able to uh, reach certain um, groups that I know you know what I mean that they're pretty they're pretty sensible and would uh, listen to, listen to this and uh it just sparked spark something in me, and then, um, yeah. But if the biggest thing is you've got to call it a, something very straightforward, mm -hmm. very simple. And I would that's the reason I suggest the foundations of movement, okay. the foundation of something, okay? But it's just simple. Instead of all these crazy names and, you know, like uh, Bernie Sanders, who I'm a super big fan of, uh, pick Democratic Socialism. No. Foundation, foundationism, simple, direct. Uh, you can't. It's difficult to turn it into anything else. We're building a foundation for the future based in four simple concepts that we we don't have now, and that is incredibly powerful. Okay. Got the wheels turning here, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. And please, please, please follow me, like, share, subscribe, talk about it. Become interactive, message me. Please, please become involved. Please become involved. And um, thank you so much once again. And uh, to Rich Romine, thank you, thank you, and thank you once again for being such a kind person and such a, coming from such a sincere place, you know? You know, the, the fours, the in, intent, and, well, you know, Rich. <laughs> but no, it's been a pleasure, and uh, feel free to always come back. That's what it's about, right? So, uh, guys, talk to you soon. Peace.